This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> Kia ora, welcome in to episode 108 of Half Measures. Joining me is the podcast co-host of the year, Dan Whiting. Kia ora, Dan. Kia ora, Paul. I, I've fallen down a wormhole. Um, so so often you do, so often you do. And I, I feel like, you know, you're the person I need to talk to about this. So the other day, you know, I haven't even asked you how you are. I'm just, I'm going straight into I love it. Here. So, you know how, I don't know about you, but I watch quite a bit of YouTube and I'm always getting the pop-up saying, would you like to trial YouTube premium yeah, for a month or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. And every time I'm like, no, go away, stop asking me. But you know what? The other day I got so sick of watching ads on YouTube. I was like, I watch quite a bit of YouTube. I'm burning probably hundreds of hours in my lifetime watching these ads. Let's give this this premium a go. And I did. And so I've got this one month free trial and it's it's changed my YouTube experience. So like it's so freeing just to like hit play on a YouTube video, go straight into the content, not to have to watch like two ads or, you know, some 30 second clip about something. And it's it's really great. But anyway, what happened just before I came on this podcast, actually, is I was just like flicking through YouTube as you do. And you know how every now and again, YouTube will just give you like a random video. It's almost like, hey, we think you might like this. Let's yeah. give this a go. And they had on there the 1992 Royal Rumble from WWF. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's play. And all of a sudden, I'm watching, I didn't watch all of it. I kind of jumped around a little bit. But watching the 1992 WWF Royal Rumble, amazing. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. So, so good. Rowdy Roddy Piper. This is good. This is, this is, this is the, uh, the algorithm that is it's worked out who you are it's like the social dilemma that we watched a while ago it know it knows what to show you and this it's it's so you're on you they've got you on the premium and now they've got you in with a bit of rick flair i th- i think the thing is i think there's, there's two things here so one it brought back so many great childhood memories about about wrestling and it was it was a great time watching wrestling from 1992 is pretty terrible like it's 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 terrible but it's great and it was a fun time. It made me kind of wish there was like a a modern wrestling game, but with all the legends and just how, how fun that would be. But anyway, just going back to this YouTube red, the thing is I'm feel I'm kind of treating that like this sort of one-off treat because I don't know if you know how much it is, Paul. In New Zealand, $23.99 a month. That's too much. Wow. That, that's more than Netflix. Who you are know? they kidding with that? Outrageous. I'll tell you who they're going to get though. They're going to get the youngsters, right? Because my... My son is 12. He will spend a lot of time on YouTube and I can hear the ads and I'm like, how, how, how can you put up with that? And I guess if you're watching that much content, it's like Spotify, you know, I'm, I'm such a cheapskate and I still buy CDs that if I do use Spotify, I, I've still got the ads playing. I don't understand that, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. You're just going from like beat to beat and then all of a sudden like an ad kicks in, blows my mind. Anyway, there's a family plan on this YouTube premium, $39.95 for like your whole family. It just seems so out of out of whack with every other sort of streaming service. Like, But I, I kind of feel like I want to cancel my trial because it's so good. I, I can't become accustomed to this new life of no ads on YouTube. 
So this tells me that you won't be signing up to the Netflix package with adverts. Um, because if this if this is the effect you can have with, with YouTube, then... Yeah, because I'm thinking, what, what do I watch on YouTube? And I'm thinking, well, if I want to watch a trailer or a specific clip on how to fix something in the house, because I'm rubbish at all of that, you know, that's... <laughs> What else is on there? Who knows? It, it depends, yeah, it depends on your search algorithm, right? Like, <laughs> it depends what you're into at, at the time. So it's always serving you up sort of fresh content. But it's almost become like my weird like go-to. Like, I like to sit down and watch something. And if I don't have a show on the go, then I'll often just put on YouTube and find a video to watch. And it can be about anything. And sometimes it'll just, like, I learn just, like, weird stuff from it. So it's like a weird... It's a weird part of my life, but I, I, I've got to get off the teat, Paul. I can't, I can't be paying twenty three ninety five for this. It's too much. It is too with much with all the other streaming services. They've got you. They've got you. Anyway, that was just a, a little insight into my pre podcast experience. How are you doing, anyway? I'm good. I feel like this sort of content is almost like a Patreon level sort of conversation that you know people really want to hear. This, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm paying nothing for anything, so I'm getting all the adverts. I'll tell you what triggers me, and I don't mean to slag off any of the streaming service providers uh, providers in New Zealand, but Prime Video. What annoys me with them is when you play a video, uh, a movie, they'll show you a trailer for something else before you start. And it's like, I've paid for this service. Don't force feed me a trailer for something else. It's too much. They, they are walking a fine line because... They're obviously showing you a trailer on their own platform, which I think is, is kind of tolerable, right? Yeah. But it's like it's only just tolerable. Like it's it's frustrating because we're when we're paying these premium prices, we expect just to watch what we want to watch. We don't want anything else sort of surfed up to us. Uh, but I I do think it's very grey in that area because it isn't ads or it isn't you know something random. It's oh here's another movie you might quite like. I think the problem is unfortunately is do they have enough great content on there to sort of push these trailers? Yeah. Exactly right. Well, Dan, that's probably quite a bit of preamble. Uh, how about we do what we're here for? What have you been watching this week? Well, just because I'm in the middle of um, talking about YouTube Prime video. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, Prime video. Prime video today is I've been watching a couple of things. The first one is on Prime video. And it's actually, it's called The, the Boys Presents Diabolical. And it's a... Uh, Basically, you know, the the boys superhero TV show that I've been talking about on various episodes of the podcast. Mm. This is a, kind of a animated, connected loosely, a few, a few canon connections and a few sort of like wider stories from the universe. Animated videos about the boys and, and, and the superhero universe. And it's kind of a, like, it's quite an easy watch. It's definitely pretty out there. Like the boys as a as a TV show is very out there, very sort of pushing the envelope, doing, you know, a lot of, you know, gross or sort of um, dastardly type things. And this cartoon really pushes that to the limit as well. And in fact, it almost gives them more more scope and more ability to, to do some wild things. And so what's kind of fun about this uh, little animated spin-off is only eight episodes. Each episode's kind of, I don't know, about 14 minutes long. And they're kind of really easy watches. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, the Star Wars um, animated series we watched earlier, like last year. Yeah. And it's each video is kind of done in a slightly different style. It's obviously not to the same level 
um, artistically as the Star Wars one, but it's it's kind of cool just to sort of hear and see more more superheroes in this in this world, see how they interact, see how they sort of deal with some of their issues. But if you're a fan of the boys, you're probably going to like this. It's it's outrageous. Would you say, as someone who's watched both, is there something that someone who hasn't seen the boys could come into and enjoy and get us get much out of, or do you think you need that background? Uh, I, to be honest, I think you need the background. I think because it's got some references to some of the the key characters from the boys, and though it's not critical, like you know, the series isn't isn't so heavily reliant, and it's you know, it's little kind of like sound bites or of a story, and I think you would probably need to at least understand the universe. So you might, at, at the very least, coming in raw, you might want to watch a couple of trailers or. You might have even read the boys' comic book. You could jump in, but it very much sort of feels like a um, another piece of the puzzle if you're sort of interested in that boys' universe. And I think if this does pique your interest and you hadn't seen the boys' television show, I'd start there because that's that, that's where this, this all the fun happens. It's it's a look. It's a good time. It's a, it's a really easy watch. There's of those eight episodes, at least six of them are I thought were pretty good. So. And you've got some decent voice cast in there as well. You know, Jason Isaacs, Simon Pegg, there's some different, you know, well-known actors. Aquafina, like, and this is the thing, yeah. right? So there's, with all these different episodes, they've got some, like, you know, pretty um, big-hitting celebrities kind of backing up each of those each of those episodes. So they're often they're only involved in one or two episodes, but they do a, a fantastic job of sort of bringing that universe to life again. And the animation style, um, just, just sort of watching the trailer, just play as you've been talking um, looks a little different to anything else I can necessarily put my my fingers on sort of in the last few years. That's why I sort of referenced the the animated Clone, Star Wars yeah. series that we watched is each episode kind of is, is done a little bit differently and done in a yeah, different artistic style or oh, a different sort of storytelling method or I'm with you now. Sorry, you're talking about Star Wars Visions. Sorry, sorry. Yes, I completely yes. missed that point. I'm with you now. Indeed. So yeah, look, it's uh, this is on um, Prime Video, and yeah, as I say, bite size, easy to watch. In fact, if you are looking forward to season three of The Boys, this could be a good thing to tide you over until that arrives. Nice, nice, nice. The other thing I've watched is uh, a Pixar movie that's just come out on Disney Plus. So this is uh, this was a bit of a random watch actually. It's called Turning Red, and it just came out the other day. I haven't watched a Pixar movie for quite a while, and I like I've always been a bit of a, a fan of those movies. And I saw a couple of reviews popping up online raving about this movie and we were kind of between things the other night and we thought you know what let's chuck this movie on and i'll tell you paul i had a fantastic time so this movie is sort of you might have seen some of the posters around uh, it's basically about a, a a young chinese girl and when she gets overly excited she turns into a giant red panda and it's a real sort of like coming of age story it's got lots of uh linkages to i guess you know, going from a, a young child to turning into a young woman, sort of going through puberty and all those types of things. But they, it's done in a, a a wonderful way where they tell like a great story. They, the girl turning into this panda represents a whole bunch of changes in her life, the relationship she has with her her mum and wider family, and it's 
Honestly, Paul, such a great feel-good movie. There was there was moments where like laugh out loud. We just had so much fun watching, it, and it's so beautifully animated. I highly, highly recommend this one. What's really funny is uh, I walked into the lounge the other day, and this movie was halfway through being played by. Um, it's actually my wife and daughter, and I I was in the middle of doing something else, and I thought, oh well, I'm, it's halfway through. But even whilst I was doing this other task, I kept finding myself being drawn into it and drawn into what I think really got me was, and we've talked about this with other animated shows like Adam's Family, for example, always sticks in my mind around that sort of the humour being just pitched at that adult level with some really good, really good jokes, but still completely appropriate for. You know, my daughter's eight, you know, totally appropriate for her as well. And just, just really, really well done. Some really funny, as you say, genuine laugh. I mean, I was, like I said, not sometimes I was just listening and I was laughing out loud. Yeah, look, I don't, I definitely don't think I'm the target audience for this movie. And I, as I say, I had a, a fantastic time. And it just reminded me actually of how much I've sort of, I've kind of missed those fun Pixar movies in my life. Like we often watch quite sort of like dark, gritty or grim movies, but this is bright, it's vibrant, it's colourful, it's quirky. The, the humour is really on point, as you say, for multiple levels. Fantastic voice cast. Um, a, a real standout is uh, Sandra O oh for us. You know, she's obviously um, killing Eve and uh, a few other great TV shows and movies that we like. But it's, I think it's just, it's one, as you sort of mentioned, I think just works um, different ages for different people for different reasons. And yeah, just uh, uh, so good to be able to just watch these uh, via Disney Plus. Like, I don't think I would have ever gone to the movies to see a movie like this, but yeah. the fact that you can just sort of, you know, pop on a streaming service and you've got a, a brand new movie to watch on launch day is is a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, I think that's what you just said there describes exactly how I felt when I watched Big Hero 6 uh, you know, on there as well. That same sort of vibe and just, oh, I might not go to the movies here, but happy to watch it. The irony is, Paul, I did go to the movies to see Big Hero 6. Love that movie too. It's <laughs> a good time. You're a kid at heart, Dan. I know it. Indeed. So this is a, yeah, so this is one you can check out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, one for all ages. Really good time. Definitely check it out. And then one uh, final thing for me is we finished season two of Ozark and we've actually started into season three. So I'll have that review soon. Season two was a little bit of a harder slog for us uh, this time. So Ozark, just as a bit of a refresher, is basically about a, a family that has to launder, launder money for a cartel. And they do it through a whole bunch of different schemes. And season two focuses on they've got to really up the amount of money that they're laundering. There's more parties involved. There's drug dealers. There's cartels. There's um, FBI's after them. There's all sorts of crooked people trying to get involved in it. And season two, I think, kind of repeats a little bit too much of what was going on in season one. And it doesn't sort of for for us anyway, it didn't hook us in as much. Whereas, you know, now that we've started season three, we're like we're like back into it and it's really kind of like the stories kind of like turn the heat back up, the tensions are high, it's sort of heading in slightly different directions. And I remember that from my first time watching uh Ozark that season one was great. Season two was like it's by no means terrible, but it wasn't my favourite season. And then it sort of ramps up again in season three. So still having a, a fantastic time with this rewatch. Highly recommended. Looking forward to hopefully just sort of thinking about timing. You know, we'll probably finish season three, finish season four, part one, and then part two of season four comes out, which is the final season, in late April. So it should all sort of stitch together quite nicely for us. But highly recommended, as always. 
I've heard you do a lot of rewatches of TV series, and so often I've heard you use a phrase along the lines of so such a good rewatch such good value i enjoyed it more this time and so obviously with season two it's been a bit of the opposite is that is was this the slog as you called it was that the case the first time around watching season two is it something around the fact that you knew what was coming or was it just a different experience i think it was because i knew what was coming um i don't recall it being happening sort of the first time around um but in saying that, because Netflix drops all of this content all at once, right, it's, and these are, they're quite meaty episodes, so, you know, like most episodes that you're watching of a TV show, it might be 40 minutes or, you know, sometimes 35, you know, let's take um, The Mandalorian, for example, you can have a 30-minute episode and you can have a 55-minute episode. Just about all episodes of Ozark are 59 minutes, an hour 10, like they're real heavy, heavy going episodes, mm-hmm. and so when the the story and the tensions kind of run high, it, become, it can sort of be quite sort of time-consuming and um, and stressful in sort of weird ways because it, it's always such high tension in this show. And so I think I'm probably doing it a disservice saying that season two wasn't as, as good a second time around because it, it is still a, a – like a, uh, a fascinating story it's 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 interesting i just don't i don't think it was different enough from season one when i sort of look back on it mm. um whereas as i say season three instantly starts doing stuff differently it's almost like they've learned from some of the actually that maybe wasn't as interesting as we thought it was um so yeah look back into it still loving it good show if you haven't seen it definitely watch it on netflix nice and paul that is me for this week very good. Well, I uh, I hinted last week at a, a five movie, a five film movie series that I um, was watching. I've now finished that from two thousand two to twenty sixteen. the The series is the the Jason Bourne series, so staying with the Bourne identity all the way through to 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 Jason Bourne. Uh, so, if by any chance you're listening and haven't seen this. This franchise, I would suggest flicking forward to our movie of the week uh, section, but uh, surely you've seen it. So, Jason Bourne, you know, we meet him in 2002 in The Bourne Identity, floating in the Mediterranean Sea, two gunshot wounds in his back, no idea who he is, and it goes from there. I normally as you know, with like a James Bond rewatch, normally bring a movie at a time as I like to dive in deep on each one but this is a series that i just felt as i watched a couple that i i feel happy just to sort of talk about it as a, as a general review of the series as a whole but one of the things i will say right off the bat is that watching them back to back is perhaps the best uh the best experience i've had since the terminator rewatch that i did so james bond watching was great but of course other than the Daniel Craig ones, they weren't really connected. This one, it's so good seeing them in order because they're so, you know, they're so interconnected. They're so intricate with some of the stories. And crucially, so you've got the Born Identity, Born Supremacy, Born Ultimatum, Born Legacy, Jason Born. The Born Legacy, the fourth movie, that one there is the one which doesn't star uh, Matt Damon. That's the one with Jeremy Renner. And that one there has, it plays concurrently with Bourne Ultimatum. And so it frequently shows footage from that third movie happening in real time. And it just, you know, when you watch them back to back, it's it's a really satisfying watch. It makes 
it's not that it doesn't make sense by itself, but it makes so much sense. It's so satisfying. It's um, I got a whole lot more out of the out of that fourth movie than I remember from maybe the the, the, the last time I watched it. But these these are a great series, Dan. You've seen most or all of them. Uh, I have seen all of the movies. Um, I think what you were just saying rings so true with so many movies, right? Like the when you watch them back to back, there's so many connections and nods to the previous movie and previous things that happened that you just don't think about. And that you know that was the same experience I had doing my Marvel rewatch, right? Like you're just constantly kind of reminded of all these things. Whereas when you're watching these movies, you know, two, five, six years apart, like you've just got no memory of who these people are or what some of these connections were. But I think, as you say, as a package, it's always so much more enjoyable. Yeah, it really is. And this style of movie um, is an addictive sort of style. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the classic sort of, um, I don't know, action thrillers where you've got a, a person on some sort of a mission and obviously there's ties that sort of you could link to James Bond and I, I think I'd probably start with that because this movie for me sets a new standard at that time in terms of action movies with with someone on a mission and what's interesting is of course I've just watched Die Another Day which was 2002 as well which is the same as the first one here and so much about what the Bourne identity does well is potentially, potentially where Die Another Day doesn't quite go in the right direction and um i feel like it's it's interesting because as you then move forward i felt like when casino royale came out so much of that felt more in line with the way that Bourne was positioned and then of course you have the Bourne ultimatum which comes out a year after that and they have to raise their game as well and so they just both keep pushing each other up and it does i think it reaches a limit but these movies are frenetic they're really um really well shot really well um directed so paul greengrass directs um two of them uh, sorry three of the movies two three and five doug lemon does the first and tony gilroy the fourth but each one while i do have criticisms of a, of a couple of them i have no criticisms of the directing of any of these these are they, they are standard i put them up there you know with bond with mission impossible type movies i think that they're fantastic and I cannot recommend a rewatch enough. It's it's available on Netflix, so yeah, it's it's right there. I think like this this is a good chat, right? And it's I I'm pretty sure I saw most of these movies at the movie theater as well. And I the one that really does stand out for me is obviously the Bourne Ultimatum, and just some of the fantastic action scenes in there. Some of the kind of freehand camera work and that's right. I think you're right. Like this this kind of makes sense following on from your your James Bond watch to sort of keep building on the the spy thriller. And they're, they're movies that like have always sort of maintained a, a special place in my heart. And I've got to be honest, I've thought about it for a long time but haven't committed to checking out the Treadstone TV show. I don't know whether you've given that any thought. Yeah, it's as soon as I finished watching these movies, I thought about it. And it's only the fact, it's only the fact that they canned it after one season that I – that I thought, oh, well, maybe not because I, I don't want to get myself into a situation where it ends and it doesn't end, you know. Mm. Um, it's a shame because this universe, as these movies have shown, in particular The Bourne Legacy, uh, is full of stories that can be told from a different angle with a different lead, with a different person, and if they're done well. And I wonder I wonder if Treadstone maybe just didn't quite meet that, meet that standard. Or 
who knows what, but in terms of cast, I mean, just across the board, across all of these movies, um, alongside, you know, Matt Damon is primarily the lead, Joan Allen, Albert Finney, Brian Cox, Julia Stiles, uh, Scott Glenn. There's just yeah, Carl Urban. There's, there's in, in each movie, Stacey Keach, Edward Norton, there's always so many great actors alongside and it really um it really raises things up and what i love about this rewatch with born legacy is that it just demonstrated how how well you could you could do another movie without having jason Bourne, without having matt damon there and just play within that universe because there's enough strength there and it was a really i think it's an underrated movie um in terms of for me i sort of ranked them as I went and so for me I would go in fifth place I'd go Jason Bourne then I'd go Bourne Supremacy Bourne Legacy Bourne Identity and then as just like yourself Bourne Ultimatum right at the top Bourne Ultimatum has just a really great scene around the uh, the I think Waterloo train station in London just mm. really tense really intense movie I mean the identity draws you in it's, it's what you know you want to find out more supremacy takes that story further and you realize that this isn't something that they can just sort of you know sort of hide and then the Bourne ultimatum is just as we said the most classic action thriller you can imagine and then the Bourne legacy just takes it in a different direction I think it deserves a sequel I which is still in talks. I was looking at it. It is still potentially on the table. It's for me, um, we haven't done a peak performance on Jeremy Renner, but I'll tell you his performance in this would be right in the mix for me. I thought he was great. And then the final movie, Jason Bourne, I think there's something about Matt Damon that he almost, it didn't, he almost didn't look interested, which is unfair, but he didn't, it just didn't feel quite right it wasn't that he was too old because this was you know 2016 and it, the last movie he'd done was 2007 he's definitely not too old i mean he's in great shape in this movie he really is um this it's something about the previous three movies were based on robert ludlam novels whereas this one was written by paul greengrass and whilst i will say that hands down paul greengrass is a top you know these born movies captain phillips united 93 heaps of great movies as a writer i'm not sure he's quite there and i think that's where that movie may have fallen down a bit for me mm, it's a shame when it happens eh? it's um it's tough when you come from such a a strong a strong sort of universe and a strong strongly developed characters that have come from books and then to kind of try to build on that it it's not an easy thing and it does it you know we've seen time and time again it fail on so many different sort of platforms but I was thinking as you were talking that one of the great things about this is like imagine just coming across the Born Identity series, having seen none of it. Or even the fact that you can rewatch it yourself. Like, you know, probably like me, you've seen probably seen a mixture of these in the theaters, you've probably seen them on DVDs hundreds of times, but that you can still sit down and watch these movies in a row and have a good time is it, it, I think it really speaks to something special. And it's it's not often we kind of come across content like this and it's it's good to hear that it's that some of these oldies still stack up oh they really do and that's the thing it's really stood the test of time i think it's um and the music as well a great theme throughout just a real simple theme with strings that keeps going and going and going as, as a great thriller but also a great closing theme sort of tune as well i don't know if you recall that but that's that sort of sticks in your head when you watch five of them in a row i can tell you that much 
It kind of really reminds me of like, you know, the peak time of watching the TV show, like 24. Obviously there was, you know, like you mentioned, the Casino Royale and stuff sort of coming out um, around the Bourne Ultimatum time. And like it was a real sort of heavy period of like good quality uh, espionage, thriller, spy related content. And oh, it's good. I'm I'm excited. Um, you've piqued my interest in a bit of a rewatch. What I might do more likely than Treadstone, Dan, is actually because I've got deep into the Wikipedia pages and reading all about it. And of course, this original novel, Born Identity, came out in 1980 and they already made a TV series, the Born Identity TV series. And so I actually think I might go looking for that. So this is the Born Identity in 1988 with Richard Chamberlain in the role of Jason Bourne. And I Sounds think right up your alley. It's, if you hand in that mixture, Paul. I knew it'd definitely be one for you. I can feel a joint watch coming on 1980, late 80s TV show. Um, I just feel like I'd be fascinated to see how it went. Um, but yeah, a great a great re- rewatch. And it's not often I bring five movies in a row in one go, but it just felt like it was just, it was just worth talking about all in one, in one go. Awesome. Uh, other than that, then the other thing that I have, uh, watched is, and this is me once again, true to form, uh, British crime drama, uh, Trigger Point, uh, which is a drama series following a bomb disposal expert, um, working for the Metropolitan Police. Um, and so, yeah, so as a line of duty fan, as a bodyguard fan, as soon as I saw, um, Jeb Mercurio's name attached to a TV show and also Vicky McClure in the lead um, as you know always well known as Kate Fleming in Line of Duty ITV crime drama it was literally impossible for me to not press play on the series and I have to say I'm really glad I did because this has a currently has a 6.1 I think when I looked at this at the time it was actually about 5.8 or something and I thought oh no is this a bit of a miss but it's it's it rates a lot lot higher than that for me this is a good watch this is an interesting one because it's definitely been on my list to watch and i've kind of been waiting for the episodes to drop and obviously it's all come out now so it's it's got all the ingredients it's got the it's got the picture on the box it's got the as you say of our kate fleming great um great to see the sort of like crossover from um line of duty and good to hear that it because you know i think you're right like that that review or that review score on imdb is is borderline a little bit low but it's good to hear that it actually might be a bit better than that because it's what there's only what six episodes seven episodes of this yeah six episodes i was just going back through our messages dan just checking that you hadn't said you wanted to do a joint watch on this one no 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 i think um i think we were briefly talking about it but i you were a bit ahead of me so it was um no i think it's it's good to hear like it's still very much on my list and i love a good um i guess bbc type show where does this sort of rate compared to like a i don't know a, a happy valley a line of duty a wallander like where, where are we looking here yeah, so that's a, that is a really good question. That would be a really good podcast to do one day. We'll be ranking the the British crime dramas, but the ones you mentioned there, they are exceptional. You know, those those ones in particular. So I I wouldn't be placing it necessarily above any of those, but it is it is definitely one I would recommend. Season two is already confirmed, and I will definitely be there for that. I only have a couple of minor quibbles about this because. It's it's a lot stronger. I won't give away any spoilers as I talk about it, though. 
What about say one that we've recently watched the the submarine um, one we yeah is it sort of in the league of that yeah, type ab- of show absolutely or? in fact I would if season two of um, of of Trigger Point came along at the same time as season two of the submarine one that you and I watched and neither of us can remember because we're professionals I would definitely be going for season two of Trigger Point first is how I feel um so yeah so yeah it's um the vicky mcgill the vigil there you go thank you vicky mcgill is you know this time she's front and centered here she you know she's not sharing the lead with anyone per se she handles that really really well she's very convincing in you know stressful moments which as you can imagine as a bomb disposal officer that there's going to be a lot of that and she has a real good support cast around her as as well in particular i think um Max Stanley, uh, Kerry Godleyman, who you and I probably know a bit better from Afterlife, and Derek. Um, perfect length, six episodes, no filler, doesn't need to be any longer. It's, it's, they've, you know, so often when you and I talk about, oh, it should have been this, it should have been that, this was right on the money. Um, good twists, good red herrings. I naturally fell for all of them. My detective wife, not all of them, but on that note, the writing is really good. And I, I was just looking, David Briley. He this is pretty much his first big writing gig, and I think he did a great job. So I think with you know with a series like that, the writing has to be good to keep the, the tension. And the other thing is, is that tension was well uh, well directed, I guess, uh, because they've split the direction between two experienced directors who've both they've you know if you look at them, they've either done Line of Duty or or Marcella or a lot of other good quality British dramas. So there's they've they've surrounded this, they've wrapped it around with people that know what they're doing, as you would expect with a Jeb Mercurio show. It's good. Just even just looking at some of the the photos on IMDb, it's it always gets me thinking with a, a, a cop show like this is how many bombs are people actually planting around the city that you actually need like a permanent bomb squad? And I'm also then intrigued around is the bomb squad so busy that they're just doing bombs or they're also kind of borderline doing like police detective work as well. And I'm getting into a little bit of the, of the craziness of it, but it's, it's piqued my interest and your review has definitely cemented its place on my list. Yeah. You, it's like you wouldn't want to watch a firefight show and they're actually getting cats out of trees and that sort of thing. It's like, they're actually, it's, it is interesting because what you said was my, how many bombs can there be? But the story is, is written well to actually sort of answer that specific question, which is funny. You should bring it up, but um, you'll know by the end of episode one, if it's for you or not. So um, I'll be interested to hear uh, if you do, if you do watch it, um, what you think because yeah it ticks most of the boxes for me it's one of those shows that every night you're like oh yeah let's get back into that show and i always think that's a great sign if you're like i can't wait to watch the next episode it's um got that feel about it i've actually got a, a parent visiting me this week perfect and a, a perfect show right like six Spot episodes on. we can get through it on a weekend like bbc they're gonna love it it's, it's, it's a safe bet it's oh it's perfect for a weekend you know you've got six hours here that you you know you won't have to fill the air with conversation about you know what you're doing and how's work and all that sort of stuff <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone's asked me how work is for years Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my mum thinks i just answer the fax machine or something like that i'm not sure yeah, i'm yeah. not sure yeah you're just making cups of tea and yeah yeah i think as long as i've got a uh, like a business card um and and uh you know i've got a job i think that's that's enough it's enough. It's enough. It's enough for me, Paul. Yeah, it's enough for this podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, Trigger Point is available in New Zealand to watch on TVNZ 
on demand. So uh, if you're here in New Zealand, you can watch it here. Otherwise, ITV in the UK and not sure elsewhere. Haven't looked that far, sorry. Good, good. So that's what so I, I imagine that's all you've watched. Yeah, that's, that which is. is quite a good haul, to be honest. Yeah, it's not. A, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a good week, Dan, and we're not even over the line yet because we've still got our movie of the week. All right, shall we jump into that? So each week, Paul and I take turns um, picking a movie to watch, and we review it right here on the podcast. If you would like to watch along with us, then you should probably come and join our Discord channel where we announce that movie every Friday, Saturday. Uh, depending on what's going on. And that way, when we talk about the movie, we're not spoiling it for you, we're not ruining it for you. But this week, we are reviewing the M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old, that came out in 2021. Indeed. So uh, I was fascinated to watch this, Dan, because M. Night Shyamalan, I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name, I'm just going to go with M. Night from now on, here on in. But he always brings something so different to every single movie, um, and it's there's always an appeal there for me that he always does enough. You know, I always think, you know, if you go Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, The Happening, so many movies that I get something out of. And so I was immediately fascinated to go watch this one. Uh, I don't know how we're going to talk about it without really talking spoilers, Dan. So I might say to people, you might want to consider jumping ahead to the news desk. But this is about a vacationing family um, that uh, discovers that the secluded beach that they're relaxing on for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly and essentially reducing their entire life down to a single day. Dan? I think the thing is with a M. Night Shyamalan movie is it's a mixed bag. You never know quite what you're getting, right? It's a little bit like dipping your hand in the, the 50 cent lolly jar. You can get the most, you can get the greatest experience of your life. You can get something that'll make you think for days, weeks, have conversations about for years to come. And you can also get a few that are a little bit of a, a swing and a miss. I unfortunately found this to be a bit of a swing and a miss for me. I I was I was definitely drawn in for the M Night Factor. I was intrigued about the um the idea of sort of age speeding up. But I one thing I kind of struggled with with this is I never really felt that connected to the uh to the cast i don't mm. know if i enjoyed some of the the scenes i think there's some interesting things here to talk about in terms of the plot if i even pretend to kind of understand a little bit of it but yeah it didn't quite um capture me like a movie like six sense for example you know like something which you can kind of oh my god that 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 aha kind of like you know really threw me and I think when you go into an M. Night movie that's what you're kind of waiting for you're waiting to kind of have your your world shooketh so that you can kind of be like wow I never saw that coming and I don't think that existed for me in this movie and I don't know if I cared enough watching it which is sort of a weird thing to say I guess yeah, it's interesting. One of the reasons I sort of started by building the hype about M Night is because I I, I do want to acknowledge how 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 talented he is, and it was always going to be hard for any movie of the week to follow the Batman. But this one, to be honest, and really disappoints me. And the reason I use the word disappoint is because I felt potential wise. Uh, it had so much. I remember seeing the trailer for this, and I'm wondering if I saw the trailer when I went when we, when we went and saw No Time to Die. I don't know why. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, "Oh, that looks really good," and I love the concept. It's such an M Night type 
thing. But I feel like, and this is going to be a little bit borderline dodgy to say, because obviously things like The Sixth Sense and, and other things have been amazing hits, but I feel like he comes up with such great concepts, such great ideas and plots, but sometimes maybe he needs to let someone else handle the the screenwriting, the dialogue. I felt like there were some really forced lines that they're really trying to bring in the conversation about how old people are and guessing people's age and being young. And it's just, a I don't need it to be sort of rammed down my throat quite so hard in terms of that. They, you know, they, they, they just needed to back it up a little bit. And I wasn't overly impressed with the cast either, Dan. Like, other than Rufus Sewell and Ken Leung, and there was also a New Zealand actress, Thomas and Mackenzie who did a good job, but the rest, I wasn't overly impressed. I don't know why I'm whispering. They're going to hear it if they listen. I'm sure they won't. I, I think you've, you've touched on some good things, right? Like, I agree. M. Night can really smash it out in certain circumstances. I think this had the makings to be something quite good. I was definitely um, interested from the moment I first saw the trailer. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that all of the actors in this are, are – are good actors when you see them in, in other other films, other TV shows. But I think for some reason here, I found them kind of unlikable. I found their interactions unnatural. And I found that because the actors were kind of having to explain, like you're saying about this is, we think time is moving fast. Like they're, they're almost kind of explaining the plot to you. Yeah. It kind of took you out of the, out of the scene. And obviously they were doing that because the story is a little bit convoluted and a little bit crazy. And they're trying to make sure everyone's on the same page, but I don't think it, kind of did anything for the for the story like it didn't make it so clear for me that I was like oh thank god they've done that it was yeah to be honest and I feel like we don't we don't come in hard and heavy on many of these reviews but I was kind of glad when this was over yeah I I was too in fact I almost felt they rushed the ending a little bit because actually by the time and again if you're listening spoilers are coming by the time the two kids had 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 done what they did with the coral and had gone to where they needed to go and, and the police element came in i was actually interested to see how that might play out but by that point it was like you could already hear they were playing the music and wrapping it up and actually i felt mm. that there was more because this wasn't you know this isn't a long movie by any stretch of the imagination you know uh an hour 48 and i felt like there were some moments in this movie where it just went on a little bit too much in some areas, and this was something that they could have explored a bit more. But yeah, there was something around the the, the interactions of the cast. The no fault with the direction at all, um, no fault with um, the production values, but there was something missing. I can't put my finger on it beyond what we've already talked about, to be honest. Well, I think, you know, because kind of all of these characters that end up on this beach have, have all got flaws, right? And so they kind of, a lot of them were weirdly unlikable, I think, from from the start. And, if, you know, you've only got to think about yourself on holiday, right? And just like unlikable. the situations that a number of the, <laughs> unlikable, just like in real life, yep. <laughs> um, a number of these just kind of like frustrating situations and just having to like, you know, you're on holiday and having to deal with some of these like other people and situations just, just kind of seem the worst. And I think there's some interesting messages in this film. And I think there's probably far more beyond my intelligence writer, but I think there's good messages around. We kind of focus on the wrong things in life. Like yeah. we kind of burn time wondering 
um, what if rather than sort of focusing on the now. And I think you're right, like this story might have actually been better if it was maybe split between maybe an hour on the beach and an hour afterwards with sort of the, um, these, big spoiler, the, the adults who are actually sort of only six and 11 years old trying to navigate the police and trying to navigate like this is what happened and no one believing them and yeah. you know people thinking they're insane like that would have been almost a far more interesting story but as you say for me too much time on the beach at the end you could tell they were just like all right we're done here and I, this is going to be a real low blow but i thought the worst acting actually came from m night because he you know he yes. was the, the he was the shuttle driver and then he had a couple of other scenes and every time the camera was on him, it just felt so unnatural. It's so odd, isn't it? Because I at first I remember pointing and going, Oh, you know, I was like Leonardo DiCaprio in the in the gift. Yeah, in the meme. I was like, oh, yep. Yeah, that's it. I was like, there he is. Um, but then it's the distraction. Like if I'm watching if I'm watching the next alien movie and, and Ridley Scott walks around, I'm like, hey, that's yeah, I just don't need it. And the other thing you touched on around the, the ending is they go and find the police. It's it was almost too easy. It was it was too, it was too convenient that they believe that there was a cop there and that they believe them. What would have been good would have been the struggle to convince someone. Because if I walk up to a police officer, and say I'm a six year old boy, I've just been on a beach and it's made me. You know, I think I'd be lucky to get in the police station front door, let alone anything else. And it just all happened too easily and. That being said, then there were some so many things, so many little set pieces throughout this movie that were just really fascinating to watch and just really good ideas like the the pregnancy that sort of, you know, the nine months that basically got took the time it took her to walk across the beach, you know, to be to be full term. Um, that was interesting. The the way in which some of the characters, uh, different um, illnesses and so on played out, you know, dementia or whatever it might be, just sort of in real time was a fascinating concept. And the thing I want to ask you is controversial, but you know, these people are on the beach. They're being clearly watched by people with cameras. And when you're on that, on that journey with them, you're like, Oh, I feel terrible for these guys. Cause they're, you know, they're being experimented on. But then when you see behind the curtain and see what it is they're doing and what, how many millions of lives they're saving by discovering this, I'm th- almost thinking, Oh, it almost justifies what they're doing, which is a really controversial thought because it doesn't justify it at all, but it did make it a real interesting dynamic. See, I think that's another one of those points they really could have explored further, given it a bit more time, because all of these people that were on the island, bar maybe the the, the young kids, kind of had these various flaws, right? Like one of them had cheated and one of them had various health, like all of them had different health issues or sicknesses. And, and not that, as you say, that, that means that people should kind of experiment you on like this. But I think the the result of it was quite potentially beneficial to mankind. But none of that was kind of played out enough for me to kind of think, oh, yeah, okay, all right, fair play. You know, the the, the price of one life for many. But because uh, it just, I don't know, I guess ethically the way that it happens doesn't, well, would never sit right. You know, like if you kind of like opted in in some way, um and which will still be messed up but yeah i don't know just um i it's a shame because i really wanted to enjoy this movie yeah i did i did too and i came in with great confidence and much excitement and so i guess i just felt yeah that's why i use the word disappointed what i find fascinating though dan was because i've already anticipated the question you know how many guns and whatever despite everything I still recommend 
people watch this movie because I'd be I think it's it is so unique it is so fascinating that I think there's enough in there for you to be able to an individual to be able to watch this and and maybe they'll get something out of it that I haven't and I just feel like um I can't say I rate it higher than one and a half guns but I would not say don't watch it I, I would I would say give it a go and see what you think I think that's fair. I, I'm probably more on the one gun for for me. I think if you're going to watch it, if you haven't watched the trailer, or like almost go in knowing nothing. And I actually wonder whether, you know, this might have been one of those movies where actually seeing the trailer might have revealed a little bit too much. So I kind of knew the, the aging thing was coming. Um, but I think if that kind of took me by surprise, that would have been a, way more interesting. Yeah. And it would have been like, oh, God, but – it was already a given from the start. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's a one for me. But you can check this movie out on Emma, sorry, um, Prime Video here in New Zealand. That's correct. Must no longer refer to it as Amazon Prime. It's Prime Video. Um, you're, just, just before we wrap up on that, it is a really interesting point you raised because the title does give it away. The poster does give it away. The trailer quite clearly gives it away. And one of the things that, of course, made The Sixth Sense made the happening made the village all those different movies so successful you whatever the word is i don't know but there was the mystery around what it was that was going on and whilst we didn't maybe necessarily understand what it was was making these guys old the premise of what that was was already known to us it's interesting eh? because m night also um makes the apple tv series servant which I, i've really enjoyed and and I want M Night to keep making these kind of wacky things because yeah. for every for everyone that's maybe not a hit, the next one could be just a, a jaw dropper. So it's kind of like I I almost kind of feel bad giving it such a hard review because I think we need uh, directors and creators like M Night doing different things to, to I guess test the barriers and test whether what lines do I need to cross to tell different stories. No, I couldn't agree more. I've just quickly flicked through the happening scores five. Village scores 6.6. A lot of the the Lady in the Water, 5.5. A lot of his movies seem to rate quite... And yet, there's something about them that I feel drawn to. And I I guess what I'm saying is, doesn't matter if he lets me down, I will always return for his next movie. That is is a credit to what he's attempting to do. And I just think, you know, he's he's not that old. He's going to start clicking into gear. You should be a manager, Paul, with sort of wisdom like that. Look, it doesn't matter how many times you let me down. I'll, I'll be here for you, you know. I've got your paycheck every week, son. Yeah, if you could speak to my manager about that, that would be great. Indeed, indeed. Well, that is old on, God, I've, what, are we, what Prime, are we calling it? Prime Video. Prime Video. Check it out. Indeed. Well, Paul, you've probably got a question for me before we jump into the news desk. Yeah, so... I do like to know what your pick of the week is, Dan, of everything that you know has been watched across the week. For me, I'm going to go with with Trigger Point. That's my pick of the week, and that's despite watching those those five um, Bourne movies, uh, admittedly over the course of a couple of weeks. But uh, I feel like Trigger Point gets it because it was just underrated. So the, the 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 critics haven't been overly kind, and I feel. It was a really awesome surprise. And to be honest, I've not seen a British uh, bomb disposal series before. So I found it uh, really quite refreshing. Good shout. I think for me, I'm going to go with the Pixar movie Turning Red. 
I just had such a, a wonderful time. It was different. I wasn't planning on watching it. It just it just kind of it hit me in the feels in a good way. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of dark stuff happening in the world at the moment. And it's kind of sometimes good just not to be watching. You know, a lot of the shows we watch are pretty grim, right? Like there's, there's a lot of bad outcomes. There's a lot of stress. Uh, but, you know, you can watch a show like Turning Red, a movie like Turning Red, and just, you know, get away from it all and have a good laugh. Excellent. Oh, well done. Any news this week that we should be aware of? I have got a couple of things over here on the news desk. So first, uh, unfortunately, William Hurt has passed away. Um, I guess, you know, pretty famous actor, um, passed away at the age of 71. So definitely passing on our regards to his friends and family. Most recently for me, he was a big part of the Marvel MCU universe. So um, I, I feel like 71 is too young, Paul. Yeah, the the photo on our Instagram this week of him was taken from that, and I, the first thought I thought when I saw him was, "Wow, he he doesn't even look seventy one, let alone you know." And it's it is such a young age, and it's it is it is terrible. And for me, I think you know, you and I watched a history of violence together one time. He was fantastic in that. Lost in Space is probably my thing, um, but yeah, just a great actor, and yeah, such a real shame. Indeed. Um, Another bit of, I guess, small news, but uh, just last week, actually, after we dropped our, our last episode, we had the trailer drop for Obi-Wan Kenobi. So uh, I don't know about you, Paul, but I have never been so excited in my life. Dan, I tried so hard to not watch this trailer, and I was getting messages from about three or four people, of which you were one, saying, you've got to do it. Just do it. Jump in. You need to. It's an emotional. And so without talking about it for anyone who's listening who doesn't want to know about it, I did watch it. And I just remember being being hit by this wave of emotion and especially around some of the musical scores that were used. And I could not be more excited. And it's only two months to go. I love this so much. And I am just avoiding like there's so many like videos and YouTubes and TikToks like like kind of carving up this trailer and here's what it means and here's what I like and here's what I don't like and here's what it could mean. And I'm trying to avoid all of that because I really want to just go into this quite neutral. I am such a huge fan of your McGregor. In fact I was on a I was on a work call and it was just there was about, I don't know, 20 people on the call. And it was just kind of one of those like general track things. And I said, has anyone seen the new Kenobi trailer? And I just got one response. I was like, I don't like you and McGregor. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that's it. you're done, mate. Jog <laughs> on. And then like, and, and no one was interested. And I was like, oh my God, I, I know there's a lot of, thank God there's a big Star Wars community out there who's going to get behind this because I think it's going to be awesome. There's so much good stuff to see. I don't want to get into the spoilers for it either. I think people should have the choice. Like, if you want to check it out, check it out. Um, if you want to save it and, and come in blind, then you know more power to you. It's going to be pretty hard, I think, to avoid these trailers because they're they're literally everywhere. But it just truly does look wonderful. It really makes me think, Paul, that we should be maybe bumping up our our watch of the the prequels. Yeah, no, it's got me excited for a full watch of not just the prequels, Dan, but the whole lot. You know, Solo, Rogue One, everything, but the prequels. It really, you know, the the trailer really got me thinking about Revenge of the Sith. It really got me thinking about, you know, what happens between episode three and four that has been, you know, 
sort of touched on in different movies and different TV series, but there's so much there. And I will say for anyone who has avoided the trailer and is borderline thinking about watching it, one of the reasons I did not want to watch it was because I do not wish to see Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader before it hits the screen. I want to, that, that for me is a big thing. I mean, I love Obi-Wan, but there's something about the, the and of course, that character doesn't figure in the trailer. So if you're avoiding the trailer for that reason, that was my sort of green light when you told me that there was no Obi-Wan Vader because uh, that would be a big reveal. But yeah, it's got me hyped as well. We should definitely get that rewatch going. Look, and I, I love the idea of doing a rewatch and also including Solo and Rogue One. That's that's really good thinking. Yeah. I've, I, In fact, I would even go further than that. I would say some of the, uh, some of the season seven Clone Wars that we enjoyed, we should include some of that as well. Good shout. Um, moving on on the news desk. So we've recently had the BAFTA Film Awards for 2022. And I just thought I'd just sort of call out a, a couple of the, um, I guess, award winners. So Best Film, uh, The Power of the Dog took that. We reviewed that a few episodes ago here on the pod. And also Best, De- Best Director is Jane Campion, who directed The Power of the Dog, which is pretty awesome. Uh, lead actor was Will Smith in King Richard. Lead actress was Joanna Scanlon in After Love. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Troy Kotzer in Coda. Best Supporting Actress, uh, Ariana DeBose in West Side Story. Best Original Screenplay, uh, Licorice Pizza. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Coda. Best Original Score, Dune. Best Cinematography, Dune. Best Costume Design, Cruella. Mm. Best Editing, No Time to Die. Best Production Design, Dune. Best Hair and Makeup, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Best Sound, Dune. Best special visual effects, Dune. I won't go on. I could go on for I'll go on for hours. But anyway, you can check out the the BAFTA rewards. We have reviewed a couple of those movies here on the pod, so um, maybe you could check out one of the new features on our website, where you can actually go and look at our various reviews and see what episode of the podcast that was, and check out that episode. Some good winners there, Dan. Indeed. Couple more bits of news for me. So the Umbrella Academy season three has a um, premiere date, which is pretty exciting. We are big fans of the Umbrella Academy, so we are getting season three on the twenty second of June. Uh, we'll be able to check that out on Netflix. Definitely hyped for that. It was a, it was a great watch and something really special, something unique about that show. I really enjoyed reviewing that with you. I can't wait to see my boy five. He's always yeah. great, great for the yeah, memes that's as well. Right. Yeah, so. And then final bit of news from, actually, now I've got two more bits of news. Um, Disney has just dropped the Miss Marvel trailer. And so this is, I must have missed this in my uh, Disney stakeholder meeting, shareholder meeting. So Miss Marvel was coming as a, a, a series on Disney Plus, and it's going to be on June 8th. For some reason in my mind, I thought it was going to be a movie, but very excited to have that on Disney Plus. And then final trailer that's just been dropped is The Boys Season 3 trailer has dropped. So obviously we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. And that will be returning on the 3rd of June. So look, I don't know about you, Paul, but aren't there so much good content coming out between the end of March, basically, all the way through to about July? Like there's uh, Moon Knight, The Boys, Umbrella Academy, Miss Marvel. Like the show, there's so much good stuff. We need to clear our calendars for April, May, because there's a lot to watch. We should do a podcast, Paul, about what to watch. We should, we should. I've got a few more things I can tell you about what to watch as well, if you're done on your side, then I'm done. Uh, Better Call Saul, the final season. That's um, March eight, uh, sorry, April 18th. That's that's kicking off. Um, they're splitting it into two parts. We've talked about it before. Uh, we got our first look at uh, 
Bosch Legacy, the the IMDb TV series spin-off of uh, one of our favorite shows, Bosch. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the other things you mainly covered off, the only other thing was, um, so Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is going to be also coming in May. I mean, you know, there's so much coming. Um, not in New Zealand, I'll say for the final time. Uh, has cast, and this has been widely reported across the internet, so it's not really spoilerish, but they've cast uh, a character to play James T. Kirk, um, Paul Wesley, who I'm not familiar with, but was the uh, the lead actor from The Vampire Diaries. And um, the photo that they've posted of him, he looks very Shatner-esque. So um, be cool, because as we've seen in Discovery, we've already got Spock, we've already got various crew members back, we've already got the Enterprise back, so it just stands to reason that Kirk was going to show up. Amazing. I... Um, sometimes avoid bringing Star Trek news to the desk because I don't want to sort of bring back your your PTSD and your, <laughs> it really you know, some is. of these some of these triggering um, experiences. Someone was really excited to tell me about this Kirk news that they said I need to call you. I've got some great news for you about Star Trek, and my mind immediately went to, oh, that's it. They found a solution. They're bringing it to New Zealand. But no, it turns out they just wanted to tell me about this guy Kirk who I'd already heard about. But there we go. Um, yeah, that was all the additional news I had because, let's face it, this week has all been about Kenobi and the hype. I've I've managed to watch that trailer three times and stop at that, and I use my excuse for the other two watches because I wanted to watch it with my wife and also with my son. So that's that's it. Um, I cannot hear the word Kenobi without thinking of I can't think of the guy's name, Sam. Is it, is it Witter? Sam Witter, Witter wrong. Uh, as, as playing Darth Maul. As playing Darth Maul. Kenobi! In, um, Kenobi! And I, every time I hear the word Kenobi, I just want to scream it out. It's it's so good. Yeah, Sam Witter really deserves some credit for that because it has become it's become legendary. Uh, Mailbag Dam, um, your review of... Uh, let's have a look. Where are we? Oh, yeah, your review of the Cuphead show last week. Um our good friend, Mr. Frank Dodaro, sent us a voicemail message, much like he did a couple of years ago when he sent us one as Starscream, but this time it was the voice of Mugman. Uh, very talented man. It makes me kind of want to go watch all, all of his stuff and review it so we can see what other voicemails we might get from him. Great idea. Uh, last week in my review of Young Wallander, I said keep an eye out for the writers of the show, Chris Lunt and Michael A. Walker, and both of them retweeted the review and we've got a thank you from chris as well we had the official netflix account and the young wonder account share it as well so that was pretty cool um we got a lengthy reply from nat in wellington about the batman Uh, i won't mention too much as it is spoilerish but it's on our instagram post if you want to go check out his comments but long story short he loved it as well, which is which is good. Everyone I've spoken to so far, Dan, has said they, they absolutely love the Batman. And yeah, peak performance last week. John Travolta. Um, I got obsessed. You, you went down a YouTube wormhole. I got I went down a John Travolta dancing wormhole this week. I just like just kept finding all different films that he's actually danced in. Incredible. We had a few responses. Uh, Sarah from Poirot went with Grease. Michael from North Carolina went with honorable mention for Pulp Fiction, but a peak performance of Get Shorty. And we had Paddy from Time Traveling Tink Podcast 321. He's back. 
Look Who's Talking, The General's Daughter, and Peak Performance of Pulp Fiction. I don't think I've ever seen The General's Daughter. Have you seen that one? That's a good movie. That's yeah. uh it's a dark movie, but it's a real big jump from Look Who's Talking yeah, to um, <laughs> The General's Daughter. There's the very dark shift in tone. I was glad to see it was Look Who's Talking and not Look Who's Talking 2 because of that movie I do recall was up there with like Superman 4 as being one of the worst sequels of all time, I think. I also remember going to see Look Who's Talking as a kid yeah. at the movie yeah. theater. So oh, it's, the thought of it is horrendous. It is classic. Leonard Nimoy directed. Um yeah, that's the mailbag this week, Dan. Shall we jump on into our peak performance for this week? Indeed. So much like our movie of the week, uh, our weekly peak performance feature, every week we take it in turns, choose an actor, actress or director from Hollywood and look back at their career and say, what's the best thing they've ever done? And Dan, this week we are going to be looking at Kate Winslet, as suggested in last week's mailbag by uh, Mr. Chalmers from North Carolina. I feel like this might be a bit of a, a cop-out for for Michael in particular because the movies that he's recommended are 100% my peak performances for, for Kate Winslet. So um, my honourable mention, I'm going to give it to the 1994 movie Heavenly Creatures directed by New Zealand's own Peter Jackson. Mm. Such a, a – it's dark, but a, a fantastic uh, movie, fantastic cast. Another Kiwi actor, Melanie Linsky, um, alongside Kate, Kate Winslet. And they just play these such troubled young girls. And I think it's this is truly a breakout performance, I think, for Kate Winslet. And I, it's a, a movie I can't go past. But for my actual peak performance, I just I, I can't go past Mira Vistown. This this miniseries on HBO that came out last year and we, re- we reviewed here on Half Measures was just fantastic. I have never believed so much in Kate Winslet being this American gritty detective with this sort of all the sort of trauma in her life. And I just, I think she deserves all the awards that she could possibly get for that show. So for me, Heavenly Creatures and Mira of Easttown. Great shout, Dan. Uh, yeah, Mayor of Easton podcast episode 68, if anyone wants to check out our review of that miniseries. I uh, I went uh, for an honourable mention in a movie that she starred in alongside Leonardo DiCaprio, and that is 2008's Revolutionary Road from director Sam Mendes. So I may have built that up to be something else that it isn't, because, of course, I think history will probably have titanic is the one that she's remembered for with dicaprio the most but i found this movie to be more satisfying for the for the two of them in terms of their relationship together i found like they they both had had grown in their acting abilities and kate winslet in this um this is such a tense sad movie it's such a a, a complicated relationship that um she has with her her husband dicaprio in this movie and there's a full range of emotions she goes through from you know anxiety depression and uh, just so many things and um yes this this movie a lot of people sort of say oh it was hardly revolutionary and they got a lot of bad press but i've seen it twice on both times i found it a really intense watch so that's my honorable mention but my peak performance dan i am going to join you with mayor of east town just absolutely superb 
I remember us both saying on the podcast it was a standout role for her. Um, I remember saying something along the lines of, you know, I, I may not necessarily go to a movie specifically because of Kate Winslet, but she's always good. And this, she's she's outstanding. And, you know, if 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 they do decide to go with that second season, we'll definitely be there. I feel like, you know, just like Revolutionary Road, actually, again, tense, sad. Um, she just had this great she had a great script to work with but she delivered it so well she had so many great relationships with the other characters she was so believable the relationship she had with the mother i remember being particularly fantastic um it's an absolute standard she won you know the 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 screen actors guild the prime time emmy so many other things and so deservedly so because it is standout so yeah revolutionary road and mervy stain for me dan great shout and great nomination for peak performance indeed that probably brings us to the end of another episode of the Half Measures podcast. Indeed, and if you'd like to suggest a peak performance, um, do drop us a line. If you're wondering who we've already done, you can have a look on our new feature on our website. We've got a list of all the peak performances we've done since we started doing this. If you want to check anyone out and also find someone that we haven't done and let us know, that would be fantastic. You can do that at halfmeasurespodcast.com. Also, a very special shout-out to our Patreon producers of the episode, Samara King, Trisha Brady, Diana Kanawa, and Linda Tavner. We couldn't do this without you. If you too would like to become a Patreon of the show and help keep the lights on here at the Half Measures office, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next week, everyone, adios.